I'm Danny Kelly, host of the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. And from now until the draft, we are turning our feed into the Ringer NFL Draft Show to talk all things draft with me, Danny Heifetz, Ben Solak, and Craig Horlbeck. Check us out on Tuesdays and Thursdays and search the Ringer NFL Draft Show. My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rollin' presented by FanDuel. Major season is here and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health Services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello, friends, and welcome to this golf podcast, unlike any other. Oh, yes, my friends, we have done it. Big things are happening here on Fairway Rollin'. The Golf Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House, joining me as always, the incomparable Nathan Hubbard, our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground. Special guest on today's show, my birdie buddies. We have Rick Gaiman coming on to help us make sense out of the Dell match playing. Give us a little early taste of what this Masters might consist of. We shall start off as a two ball and then on the back nine, Mr. Rick will join us for a lovely three ball. Spring is in the air. Let's get the pegs in the ground and get the the, the rock rolling. Nate Dog, How you doing, bud? House, I got a qualify this by saying almost everything from this podcast is going to be a reverse jinx. <laughs> why? Because the Princeton, the Princeton Tigers are in the, in the sweet 16. Is that exactly, why? Exactly. Exactly. Right. But I'm a little worried about Jordan Spieth. Oh. And I just, I just think we came in from last week and said, look, it's one of those off 
field events. If you've been paying attention, there's a little way that you could make up some money. By the way, Wyndham Clark is playing really great golf. And if you're not paying attention, you're missing out. Top, he finished fifth and he's going to keep playing really good golf. But we really said this is about how Thomas Spieth and Burns all do. And Burns kind of made a run on the first day. They All three of those guys top tens, let's be clear. Thomas's was a little bit of a quiet backdoor top ten at the Valspar. But it was Spieth, really, who was in contention. It was Spieth who had the lead in this tournament. It was Spieth who, coming down the back nine had the opportunity to win this against, let's be honest, not the strongest field of closers that have ever walked the snake pit in Taylor Moore, in Adam Shank, and in Tommy just trying to win for the first time, Fleetwood. Yeah. And man, when you shoot one over on the back nine or, and, you, and you make two bogeys in your last three holes, it just, you know, I have been the biggest truther. I mean, Jordan Spieth. I know, it's like, I know. It's the voice in my head always. And there was something about the back nine on Sunday that for the first time ever, I got pissed off. It, it, it wasn't just disconcerting. It wasn't this just disillusioning. You you were you were pissed. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, the the chaos and the roller coaster ride is usually fun. But this was this one was not fun. Like all the talking, all the everything. Why are we in the water on 16? Why can't we make after the glorious comeback, you know, looking like he's going to make a bounce back birdie on 17, hits it on a 290 yard par three, hits it to whatever, set just feet, yeah. under seven feet. Yeah. Like, or I guess it was just, yeah. Why can't we make that putt? Like how then is, and I know this is the Jordan Spieth experience. I get it. You know, 18, he's got the tournament. He's going to make the playoff. You, I mean, Shank, God love him. That was a tough break. But, oh, that was brutal. The, the golf gods were unkind. That but, guy but, is, deserves better. Yeah, and we'll talk about. I just am I am I, I I'm not new to this experience. Why did this one rub me the wrong way? Well, let me ask you this, and I I know the answer, and this is the perspective that I prefer to have on the Jordan Spieth matter. Would you prefer that he win Valspar or the Masters? Okay. Okay. I mean, okay. and and here's the thing. The the missed tee ball on 16 is a miss that he's had. It's been part of his experience for a long time. Hmm. At Valspar, it happens to go in the water. There's a big fat you know, lake where that goes. At Augusta National, you're in the, 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 the pine straw and most likely with the clear view to, to a green, at least the front of a green. Yeah. So, you know, I, I certainly... I understand where you're coming from. The frustration is genuine. The frustration is is shared. But I just love him being around the hoop so much. And it really was dramatic. I I don't know, uh, as we sit here, what the ultimate ratings were. It's a brutal, you know, Sunday going up against uh, March Madness. Not as brutal as what the poor boys on the CW caught. Uh, I mean, they they, they, they caught. (laughs) Yeah, they they caught a haymaker. yeah. Yeah, but. You know, it was Numbers pretty dramatic weird, for though. golf fans. Huh? Numbers are weird. I mean, yeah, yeah, Spieth, I finishes, Spieth finishes 10th in putting mm-hmm. for the tournament. On Sunday, he finished 21st. It didn't look like it. It yeah. didn't look like it at all. And and that's, that's the only thing. The approach game is right where I want it to be. I'm going to get, I'm, I'm totally willing to live with the occasional sprayed 
you know, uh, Dr. Snappy off the tee from Spieth. I know we're going to get that. And because that's where the fun comes is the recovery stuff that he's just incredible at. It's just these short putts. It's the four to 10 footers. It's really the four to eight footers that are just bothering me. And that I, I, I want him to figure this out house. Dang yeah, it. Well, if there's ever a place, and again, on this podcast, we are glass half full kinds of fellows with when it comes to the topic of Jordan Spieth. We're, tr- we're speed truthers. I, he just, he makes those putts at Augusta. He's more likely to, I think he's still more likely to three putt 12 than he is to put it in the water right now with his game. See, okay. So I don't, I, I, I think we prefer that, right? A four is better than a seven. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. He's just got to play it well enough. So that he's got, it's, it's, it's just, it's like last week, like coming down the stretch. I need to know, that I've got uh, you know, a four-shot lead because I know that I'm going to dunk on 12. So i, I got to play so well that it compensates for the shittiness on 12 at Augusta. Anyway, we will cross that bridge when we come to it. We have much more Masters to talk about. I know he didn't intentionally miss the three-and-a-half-footer on 18, but the unintended consequence was another $162,000 and and very consequential additional points to Adam Shank, yes. who, who, who deserved them. For the, the quality of the play and the, and the atrocious breaks that that poor guy caught uh, down the stretch, right? Well, look, 18, 18, yes, it was a bad break. It was a bad swing. Yes. And being up against the tree Snappy. was a bummer. I, yeah. I, I, loved the, I, I loved the two-handed lefty wedge. Incredible. Yeah, it was fantastic. Almost too good, right? Yeah. And Shank, Shank has quietly been playing very well. That emotion as he bent over when he saw the yeah. lie and he yep. just knew, he just yeah. knew this is it, Taylor Moore had hung up the 10 under. He just knew that he was in too tough of a spot, man. That's what we watch this for. It's why the cut matters. It's why, uh, you know, having guys like this going head to head with Spieth matters to me because man, I could get behind Adam Shank. I know, I know his wife, I know yeah. his family. Like I, they were easy to root for these people. And 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 real stakes, right? Real drama produced by real stakes, by really meaningful, impactful consequences. Whatever. I'm worried. We don't need to soapbox it. Flowers for for Taylor Moore, who won the golf tournament by shooting one under through 16, 17, 18, getting through the snake pit in in under par, and and just you know handled his business and won the tournament. Now this is the way that guys and a lot of guys in his position tend to win tournaments like this, right. which is get in the house, put up get a number in. and wait and see if the boys can, can do anything uh, behind you and kudos to, to TM for getting it done. Right. Yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta play under par on the back nine on Sunday to win. And that's what he did. That's it. Um, we did make very brief reference to the fact that there was a golf tournament in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, not a ton of people watched it. We're referencing it because you, you'll, we will get into this conversation with Ricky Gaiman uh, in a little bit, we're trying to size up how to measure the, the the impact of the live guys on the masters. That's and all we care about. It's a very, very like hard thing to get your arms around because you you can't you can't dig your teeth in anything around the caliber of play, the caliber of competition. It's yeah, just very... Danny Lee is winning four-man playoffs. Like, wah. And in recent memory, Louis Oosthuizen has uh, a laudable record in the in the majors. 
So there are guys, you know, there are 16 live guys in the, in the master's field. That's not an insignificant percentage. And we'd like to do something with them, but we don't know what to do because they played in Tucson and there are strokes gain numbers, but like it's strokes gain against that field. So like, well, I don't, you know, what do we do? They're going to Florida. They're playing in Orlando um, in a week. And it's a super hard venue um, that they use sometimes as a, as a qualifier. And the weather can be super bulky. It's Florida. The Florida wins. Some of like what we saw at the players. Some of like what we saw at the API. Again, will it tell us anything? I just don't House. know, Nate. Double the numbers, triple the viewer numbers. Nobody cares, right? Yeah, They've yeah. got to get to Augusta and one of them's got to show out. And yeah. I think you and I would say there's only two guys there who we believe have the capability to show out. And I was going to say DJ and Cam Smith, but I mean, like, are we really going to say that Pat Reed, after watching him go head to head with Rory overseas in the Middle East, has no chance? I don't. Go ahead. I'm surprised. The one that I think of is is um, Neiman. I think Joaquin Neiman is a has a legit. You know, uh, he 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 was he's been decent at the at the Masters before, yeah. and you know, one at Riviera. I just I, I just wonder if 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 he's really got enough reps before he left. We we just have we have no idea. It's just a hard thing to measure, but. Uh, look, I think there's going to be one of two stories in in Augusta. It's either going to be Liv versus PGA, or it's going to be Scotty versus Rom versus Rory for for the marbles. Uh, because we we've gotten these elevated events that have absolutely delivered a very interesting parsing of the best players in the world. And you know, I I think Scotty Scotty's got it, but you got to remember that Rom had to drop out with the norovirus. So I I haven't written off Rom yet. Yeah, don't don't you dare. Uh, it's well, just whether we're whether we're being insular and too you know myopically focused on PGA Tour because there's a guy hanging out there, probably Cam Smith, and to your point, maybe it's Neiman, but but who actually deserves to be in the number one in the world conversation? We're, we're trying to be fair. I mean, you know, that's why we're we're open ended here, but it, it's hard to get our arms around. Well, speaking of hard to get our arms around, uh, we're having our our homie Rick Gaiman. Uh, come on, because uh, Nate and I um, try to make our brains make sense out of the Dell match play thing. And we got kind of halfway there, but we thought bringing a true expert in um, who studied these things and has some um, genuine analysis might be useful to all our par saving pals out there. So let's jump into this conversation with our homie, Rick Gaiman. Hey, hey birdie buddies. Big news! FanDuel is launching a brand new mobile golf game with PGA superstar Jordan Spieth. The game is called Jordan Spieth's Fairway Frenzy, and it's available to play right now on FanDuel's iPhone skill gaming app, FanDuel Faceoff. On FanDuel Faceoff, you can compete in all your favorite games against other real people for real cash. The app features a wide variety of games such as Wheel of Fortune, Atari Breakout Blitz, Scrabble Cubes, and now Jordan Spieth's Fairway Frenzy. Jordan Spieth's Fairway Frenzy is just like real golf, where your goal is to sink the ball into the hole in as few shots as possible. Bonus points are awarded for bombing long drives and landing your approach shot close to the hole. Knock down birdies, eagle, albatrosses, or the elusive hole in one for big points. 
play for free or compete for cash prizes against a player of a similar skill or challenge your friends to finally settle who is the superior golfer on FanDuel face-off contests are action-packed and last between two to five minutes. That means you can play games for cash during commercial breaks, waiting in line at the grocery store, a cup of coffee, whatever works for your schedule. The best part, you can practice for free without worrying about your game being interrupted by annoying ads. FanDuel Faceoff also has an awesome rewards system that gives you bonus cash for playing both free and paid games. Plus, you can challenge your friends to a free or paid game to officially claim bragging rights. Search for FanDuel Faceoff in the Apple App Store or visit fanduel.com faceoff for more information about the app, age and location restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See fanduel.com slash faceoff dash terms for terms and conditions. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply this episode is brought to you by evernorth health services costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care and evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. All right, my birdie buddies, very pleased to have on today's show one of our uh, true Eagle enthusiasts, a self-proclaimed golf data fanalist. He's been on the show before, founder of rickrungood.com, host of the First Cut podcast, which you must be listening to several times a week in addition to this podcast, of course. Rick Gaiman, welcome back, homeboy. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is This is like really the meat of the golf year, right? We get like... A little taste of match play. A major championship is going to be here before you know it. And then we sprint for a while. This is the best part. I, I agree. And, and speaking of meat, I'm coming to you semi-live <laughs> from, from uh, Memphis, Tennessee. And I did have my fill of Central Barbecue today. So I am on brand and on theme for this conversation, Mr. Game. And so um, we are going to pick your brain 
on the ins and outs of the final edition of the Dell match play. Pour, pour one out. You know, I'm very sad to see this go. Is it uh, definitely gone? Well, it it's not, not going to be... have any match play across every event of the entire PGA two tiered system. Well, to TBD, but there's not going to be a tournament at the Austin Country Club. That's for sure. Probably ever again. And Dell for the foreseeable future is out as a sponsor. So those two elements. And I actually let's let's ask Mr. Game in his opinion. I kind I kind of grew to love this venue. And I thought it really produced some interesting and, and dramatic moments over the half decade or so that it's been at the Austin Country Club. What do you it, think, Rick? It's a really solid match play golf course, right? There's a lot of yeah. risk reward, especially when you start getting into, into the back nine. It is not very unlike TPC Scottsdale, you know, in a way that obviously we've got, you know, Phoenix is going to be awesome every year, but Phoenix would be such a great match play golf course because all the risk reward and all the stuff that happens, you know, uh, 13 to par five, 15 to par five, 16, 17, 18, like it would be a great finishing stretch for match play. But yeah, I'm, uh, I want to go in the opposite direction. I want to expand match play. I want 128 players. I want to call it. I am a major championship, Nate, like put $30 million in the purse. Let's have a match play major. That's what the PGA championship used to be until like the fifties. So I, I think it's, I think definitively it's not on the schedule for next year. And it's a lot of up in the air after that, but man, we got to figure something out. Do we think this is an aversion uh, in Ponte Vedra to the format or is it just simply about sponsorship and, and course, and all of the intricacies of the contractual obligations that the tour has as they're trying to unwind this mess to satisfy the top 20 players for the go forward future. What are we hearing more and more of that? We need our stars guaranteed to be there on the weekend, right? No cut events. This is what the sponsors pay for. We need Rory there. We need John Rahm there on Saturday and Sunday and match play is this crazy chaotic thing where you might get Cam Davis going up against Denny McCarthy for the title. Right. And I think it's a tough sell to sponsors. I think it's a tough sell to broadcasters, to networks, because it's kind of hard to only have two or four guys out on the golf course on the final day. And I think when those two entities have as much power as they do right now in the game of golf. Even if the fans want it, even if the players want it, it it's just, it, it's not happening. And I think there's just a lot of, a lot of headbutting when it comes to that. Well, m maybe they'll figure out a team competition. Obviously they don't want to steal anything from the, uh, the writer and president cups, but the, I, I, it's just sad to see this go because we have some guys who are even in this tournament. I mean, Kisner, has been a non-factor this year. He's been a little bit of a ghost this season. But boy, we know that he's going to play pretty good golf. I mean, you look at some of these groupings, Brian Harmon, the Bulldog, you can't, you can't overlook him. There are guys who really thrive in this environment. What do you think that's about? Yeah, it's it's so much different than stroke play, right? You know, stroke play, uh, a lot of these guys, they look at a leaderboard and they say, wow, there's a lot of great guys here. I don't know if I can get it done. You just have to beat the one man in front of you. And you're going to see every shot that he hits and you can apply a little bit of pressure to him and you can cause a little bit of chaos. And 
you know, this this format, I think, you know, to kind of put a bow on that, that whole conversation is, you know, like when I go out and play golf with my buddies, like we play match play a lot. Right. Like I think this is I think this is very ingrained. Yeah. And it, it, part it, of the and culture of what we do, isn't it? Ex- exactly. So to, to not have it at the highest level um, feels a little bit awkward. But you're right. I mean, this is this is a place where it's going to be an elevated event. You know, there's $20 million in the purse, and there are a lot of second and and third-tier golfers who have a chance this week. Well, there is a first-tier golfer who is not showing up, and that's Justin Thomas. And we know that as all these players came together, that they all agreed that they could miss one of these elevated events. And it's very interesting to see the get-out-of-jail-free cards that these guys play, right? Rory took off Hawaii probably because he'd been international for a lot, and he just was used to that to that break. What do you think it is behind JT taking this week off? Because in particular, he's the guy amongst a lot of the elites. I mean, he backdoored his way into a top 10 last week. Like he clearly is still a great golfer, but he has not had that moment. Has he since the PGA? Is this break something you think is good for him? Is it healthy? Yeah, I think it's probably uh, warranted. You know, he he played so he played three straight. He played API, he played the players, he played Valspar, and then I assume the next time we're going to see him is obviously the Masters. What I what I imagine is happening is a little scouting trip. You know, maybe maybe him and Tiger are headed over to mm-hmm. Augusta National. They're going to see what that that new thirteenth tee looks like, and he's going to use this opportunity um, to work hard on the putting stroke. I mean, he's been trying different iterations of putters and putting styles with the way he holds it and the 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 style of neck that he uses on his flat stick and nothing seems to be doing the trick so i imagine the next couple of weeks are reconnaissance on augusta national and trying to figure something out when he gets on the putting surfaces well it really has been the putter hasn't it and and spieth you know as we saw last week is still struggling with the putter as well another guy who's ostensibly struggling with the putter is our guy Joe House's dream date, dream man, Rory McIlroy. And it turns out that not only is Rory McIlroy showing up with a new driver shaft this week, but he's showing up with a new putter. What do we know about this? Why? Uh, talk us through this one. Is this, a, is this, do you double down on Rory? Do you stay the hell away? <laughs> I'm a little bit scared here, quite honestly. You know, it's, it is one thing to be tinkering with the driver. We know that he made the switch at Riviera because he wasn't confident that his driver was going to, was going to pass the, pass the test. So he switched to a, a different driver and it hasn't really worked out well for him. And now he's going with this new, it's a, it's a Scotty Newport. It's a GSS. It's not the one that he used previously. It is a new model. He's trying to, he's trying to find something. Uh, I think Jonathan Wall, who, who had the scoop on this, he said, trying to quote, rekindle and old flame and that's fine we've seen this guys where like okay you know there's there's a honeymoon period for a new putter in the bag sometimes it it works out but i don't like the idea that we are bearing down on augusta national where obviously rory mcelroy has some demons to exercise and obviously that's the only thing standing in the way of a career grand slam and he is tinkering with the longest club in his bag and the shortest club in his bag like i'm (laughs) i'm a little bit worried about that so uh rg Let's get into some of the nitty gritty here. Um, part of why we had to, to, to have you on this week, just full disclosure, this is so outside the norm in terms of approach, format, strategies, gambling, DFS. And I, I'll just speak for myself. I don't necessarily have to drag Nate into this, but it's we don't a little, know what the fuck we're doing on this. It's a little <laughs> beyond me, right? Like I could sit down. I know enough to not pick multiple guys from the same quadrant. 
Like I get that basic principle, but when you're trying to do weighted probabilities of, of who's going to emerge and what's value in terms of long shots, we got to go to a professional. You are that man. Um, let's just sort of run through some of the quadrants and, and you know, your, your thoughts on uh, the, the likely, uh, you know, to emerge and, and kind of the sleepers that we might keep an eye on as we, as we size this sucker up. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously on Monday morning, they drew these groups and they constructed the bracket. The top 16 seeds, they all have their own group. And then we filled out the rest of the the, the four spots or three additional spots with, with a random draw. And you'll see there are some really good paths and there are some some really bad paths. So, I mean, if we want to start wherever, that that upper right-hand quadrant of the bracket, that's like John Rahm's group, Cam Young's group, Tony Finau's group, Will Zalatoris' group. John Rahm got a bad draw yeah, here. He's got the group of death, I think. Horrible draw. Ricky Fowler's his D player and Ricky Fowler's playing the best golf in two and a half years. Yeah, this is the one place where the the world golf rankings and the craziness around them. I, I it's not the one. I was going to say it's the one where it's sort of fun because it introduces this chaos, but it's another reminder that it's not really a representation of who's playing the best in the moment, is it? No, it's not. I mean, it's a two-year rolling rolling uh, tracker. So Ricky Fowler's in that group. Keith Mitchell's been playing great golf, and Keith Mitchell has an elite skill set, the driver. That's scary. And Billy Horschel. Billy Horschel is coming into this event playing the worst out of this group, and he won this event two years ago. Like, that is group of death status right there. So you got to keep that in mind. Um, you know, you look at the group right below it. It's it's Cam Young's group, and, and, and that's kind of my first target here in this upper right-hand quadrant. Cam Young is going to bomb it off the tee. He's going to apply a lot of pressure on you throughout this event for being a new long... caddy on the bag, right? Yeah, He's got Paul Tesori on the bag. Webb Simpson's old caddy. They've got a really good wake forest connection. They play a lot of practice rounds together and cam young just makes a ton of birdies. And in this format, like you just got to pile them up. And that is very, very scary when you have to face off against cam young. And you're not put off by, he has a sort of like lackluster match play record thus far as a professional, but it's early days, right? It's he's like he's, a second year, right? He's a I mean, child. Yes. Yeah, he's a baby. He's an infant. I don't care about any of that. You know, I, I'd, I'd be more concerned about like continuing in this quadrant. You know, Tony Finau, as great as he is, that match play record's not good, right? I mean, he's never gotten out of his group here in the last four years. He might be too nice. I, I think I think Kurt Kitayama somebody who's coming off of a win at the API, that dude's a bulldog, right? Like that dude, it like doesn't care, wants to stomp your throat, has been an underdog his entire life. Like I could see him making a run out of group 10 up in that upper right-hand quadrant. Yeah, don't yeah. underestimate Willie Z in that bracket too, because yeah. he's the guy who didn't get to play last year with the injury. His performance thus far has been a little bit subpar. You could imagine this for him must feel a little bit like an audition for Ryder Cup if he's not going to get a if he's not going to get an auto berth for a captain's pick. And and it, that's a jump ball with Harris English, who who finally showed signs of life. You know, within the last couple of weeks, I mean, he had a good uh, API and then went out and missed the cut immediately at the players. But you know, signs of life from Harris English once again. Uh, another guy looking to make uh, a, a rebound and catch some attention entering Ryder Cup season, right? Yeah, for sure. And the way the way this ends up, you know, pathing out, you're, the guys in group 15, 10, and 7, they're just hoping group 2, the group of that, just beat up on each other, right? Beat yeah. up on each other. Uh, whoever gets out of it is going to have a, a heck of a time advancing. And you could you could see you could see a wild card or a longer shot coming out of that side of things. Well, let's go to the one that I think 
is sort of potentially the easiest, but maybe I'm wrong about this. I'm looking at the quadrant that, that has uh, group four with Patrick Cantlay and Brian Harmon, Seamus Power in group 13, group five and group 12. Now you do have some names. You have Homie Homa, who's been on a tear. You have Jordan Spieth. You, you, we, we were texting uh, earlier, the agent of chaos. And, <laughs> and uh, look, man, Kevin Kisner's in this and all Kevin Kisner does is go out and, and, you know, uh, collect scalps on, on, on this golf course. Um, what, 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 and I didn't even mention Mackenzie Hughes, who has a decent, uh, match play. How are you sizing this one up? Yeah. So I think objectively the path that Patrick Cantlay has to the elite eight is probably the best of any of the, uh, of the top seeds, you know, his group of Brian Harmon, KH Lee, Nick Taylor should not match plays weird, but should not offer much, much resistance. And then he gets uh group 13, which is, I think wide open Sam Burns, Adam Scott, Seamus power, Adam Hadwin. I can make a case for all four of those guys. Um, I, I like, I like Max Homa here. Um, mm-hmm. you know, for me, you have a golfer who for the last 50 rounds is one of the best tee to green players on the planet. He is one of the best putters on the planet. He's got a good teammate in Joe Griner on the bag. He never gets too high, never gets too low. I think that you start putting him in a lot of these situations and asking him to hit shots and asking him to kind of uh, beat the guy in front of him. I, I like Max Homa's chances a lot. So I'm, record I record the president's cup showed it too. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean this this feels like we're shaping up on a on a on a Cantlay Homa situation, but I'll tell you what, you you kind of mentioned it there house. That that group 12's a, like very bizarre. You've got Jordan Spieth which anytime he gets to be creative outside of regular like just stroke play or lean into something, he's going to be an animal, but Shane Lowry's well-rounded and then you've got two of the best putters on the planet. Taylor Montgomery and Mackenzie Hughes. And when you putt well in match play, first in wins, like that, there's this, that's the saying for a reason. So there, there are a lot of permutations out of, out of group 12. And we're not even going to talk about Justin Suh, huh? That's an example nah. of a kid who, I mean, he, I surprised he's even in this thing, little momentum, but the putter has been the problem for him. Hasn't it? Matsuyama's putter is, is heated up a bit. I don't know. Max may have a little trouble in that group. We'll see. I mean, it only takes, you know, uh, a shot here or a shot there. You, we've seen in the past, we've seen guys play excellent golf and lose a match. We have seen guys play horribly and advance. If you just look at the, the like, um, it's a little bit wonky, but the the strokes gained numbers from Billy Horschel's year, Billy Horschel won and was completely average that mm. week. And he just like got lucky in the right spots, you know, was able to kind of, uh, withstand something. So there, there is definitely a lot of randomness involved in this, um, where yeah, if Suh's putter gets hot or Hideki can start striping it, that's great. But I'll, I'll lean on my, my thoroughbreds. I think it's Homa here. I, I'm asking for purely self-interested reasons. Do we have a Princeton here in this bracket? Oh, uh, okay. I, I think in the entire bracket, I think it's, I think it's Sahib Tagalog. I, okay. I think is, wow. I think is the Princeton guy. Yeah. I think that, you know, he's so, you know, flip it over to that, that other quadrant there, you know, he's in Matt Fitzpatrick's group and Matt Fitzpatrick hasn't been playing well. He's got this lingering neck injury that he's, that he's dealing with. And if he gets out of that group, uh, I think he's really, really dangerous. He makes a ton of birdies. He will, he will make mistakes, but instead of costing him two or three strokes in a regular stroke play event, it's going to cost him one hole. And this dude can fill it up. I I would not at all be surprised to see Sahith go on a run here. Rick, you, you know what this is about. Nate went to, went to Princeton and, and what I'm here to tell him, I, I appreciate the flex buddy, 
But just in the same way that Creighton is going to annihilate your, your oh, poor 100%. Tigers. 100%. This is, I mean, you know, it's, it's double digits plus. All of um, us had tickets to Louisville that we don't have anymore. <laughs> <laughs> My guy, Ty Hatton, at whatever point he get those two get lined up. Cause look, we, we already in this quadrant, uh, we faded Rory. Yeah. So that means we're kind of left with, in terms of, of front runners, Xander and, and Tyrrell Hatton. Uh, I got a little love for, for, for Tom Hoagie just cause of the ball striking, but those are the names. Um, and Sahith has to take down one of those big dogs to get through this thing, uh, Rick. Hatton is very dangerous, right? I mean, his his T to green numbers just pop off the charts, right? I mean, if I just removed his name, removed the results, just looked at the advanced metrics, I'd be like, is this Rory McIlroy? Is this Scotty? I mean, he is, he is absolutely knocking the cover off the ball right now, and you're seeing it in the results. It's a T6 in Phoenix, a T4 at Bay Hill. He finished runner-up at the players. And, you know, you start talking about, comfortability there there are some guys in this in this entire bracket that you're going to be uncomfortable playing against it's it's John Rahm you're going to be uncomfortable playing against Patrick Cantlay cuz he's like annoying and deliberate and then he's going to play well on you like I don't necessarily want to play against Terrell Hatton either that is a, a fuse that is always lit and I don't know what I'm going to get myself into well by the way the, my last comments on Princeton were a major reverse jinx attempt <laughs> uh one other reverse jinx attempt on your Tagala pick. Hoagie has been one of the best uh, shot skiing approach players for almost a year now. Does that matter at this tournament? Is there anything about him and his general sort of like <laughs> non-plus demeanor that would lead us to believe he could come out of this group or is Xander just too much of a killer? Um, I actually, I actually think Xander's got a pretty tough draw here. I, I don't think Xander gets out of this group. Um, you know, Tom Hoagie is one of the reasons that I think that. So this, this Austin Country Club, it's not a, it's not a long course. You're going to be hitting a lot of shorter clubs in, and and Tom Hoagie's one of the best wedge players on earth. What I also love about Tom Hoagie is that, um, you know, we've seen him get hot. Getting hot in match play is a thing. Getting streaky. We've seen Brian Harmon do it. We've seen all these guys do it. We just watched Tom Hoagie go nuts at TPC Sawgrass, right? I mean, he has this, he has this in him and now you're getting a seemingly healthy Cam Davis. Aaron Wise is kind of all over the place, but th this is a, I don't think it's a great draw for Xander. I'm not sure we see him at a group stage. All right. Well, let's get into, uh, the, the meat of the matter. Um, I can't come up with the reason to fade Scotty Scheffler, but he's too expensive in all of my lineups. So I, I left him out by necessity because I'm trying to, splash the pot with enough options um, and just to, to, to save up some assets. But I understand exactly what I'm walking into when I fade Scotty Scheffler. So we don't recommend it, but uh, make a case for somebody other than Scotty, recognizing that Scotty, if you want to pencil him into the final four now, I'm not going to be mad at you. Yeah, so if it makes you feel any better, the top seed, since we've gone to this format change in 2015, the top seed has only made it out of their group 33% of the time. So what that's looking like is we're probably going to have maybe five or six top seeds get out. Two years ago, we had one. It was John Rahm was the only top seed to get out of his group. So it's not easy. It's not easy for any of these big dogs, no matter how big they are, to get out of their group. Um, for me, uh, group nine is statistically the most difficult. Colin Morikawa got a yeah. horrible draw here. Jason Day's playing the best he golf. He deserves He's it. <laughs> I'm mad at him. <laughs> See, he, he, he's just channeling my... my uh, my Morikawa ambivalence because I, I, these miscuts and these elevated events are hurting my feelings, Rick. 
Yeah, well, I guess he deserves it because he got the absolute hardest draw with Jason Day, Adam Svensson, Victor Perez. Group eight's not not even not that much better. Victor, uh, Victor Hava, Chris Kirk, Sibu, Kim, Matt Kuchar. So I I would make a case here for Sung JM. Um, you know, he has it, it's an okay group. A couple of putters in Poston and McNeely scare me. Tommy Fleetwood's been playing great golf, but Sung JM is a ball striker who can roll the rock who is used to playing a lot of rounds and a lot of golf. He is well-rounded. When you get into match play, being able to not have just one strength that you need to rely on or not having a huge hole in your game is pretty critical. I, I could see Sung Jay uh, making a pretty deep run into this. That would be my case for somebody not named Scotty in that upper quadrant. Yeah, I mean, Sung Jay actually didn't play last week. Shocking. Which is a super weird thing. So it, it's going to be one of those <laughs> he's, odd he's opportunities. Itching. He's going to have to play. Now he needs to play seven matches in five days just to get back on track. Well, listen, I, I had a hotel room next to him in uh, Palm Springs, so I know what he's been doing for the last week. But, he, you know, he, let's say he's going against a couple of guys who actually did. It, Poston had a pretty good week last week. Uh, Fleetwood, there was a pretty big bed poop on Sunday. That was about the best opportunity he's going to have. And and Mab McNeely doesn't quite seem to have it. So I, I I don't mind that that pick at all. Can you just focus in for me on on two guys who are in this in this quadrant? And that's Jason Day. Should we think about him as a decent match play guy? And and Chris Kirk, is there any chance that the momentum continues here? Yeah, so Chris Kirk's, uh, we'll start there, has obviously been playing much better golf. He, he wins He wins the Honda, and the, what you like from Chris Kirk is that his two skill sets are approach play and putting, and when those two combine at the same time, it's super high ceiling. Now, we we got it at we got it at Honda, but um, it, it's tough for a lot of these guys to kind of continue that momentum after a victory. You saw it. He didn't, he didn't drive it all that well at the Arnold Palmer. He missed the cut at the Players' Championship. Jason Day... You know, I I kind of just mentioned it how good of golf he's playing right now. So last 36 rounds, which which is the most predictive time frame to look at, there are four golfers who are gaining at least two strokes per round. It's John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, the big three, and Jason Day. So mm-hmm. he is in that class of golfer right now. Um, I I think that he is super super live. It is a tough group, but yeah, that that is that is very exciting to be a Jay Day backer. I'm so mad. I wanted him. If he could have been in that Cantlay quadrant, yeah, there would have been a significant outlay. But this, yeah, you this, wanted this, that. this quadrant is is outrageous. We didn't even talk about Victor Perez, who made it to the semifinals in 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 2021 and has a, a good record here. And Cooch, we haven't heard from him, but that doesn't matter. He's Cooch. He, he's he's good at match play. He likes this venue. That so is, I mean, it's a murderous it, bracket. It's a that region is so tough. Everywhere you look, the groups are stacked. Even the guys that aren't playing well have historically played well in match play. Even the guys you are kind of not worried about are really good putters and might steal a match from you. Like it, it, it that is that is the toughest region up there. I'm excited to see Tom Kim in match play for the first time since the President's Cup. He's had a little bit of a lull since his win in Vegas. So let's see if this uh, reinjects him with the fire. fire. I want to see That'll the fire. Cool. That'll he might cool. just get his ass kicked, though. I mean, he's, he's got I, I think a betting man would suggest that he gets his ass kicked. Yeah. Um, we're going to put you on the spot. Can we do a final four and a winner? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so uh, I will go with uh, Cameron Young coming out of that upper right-hand Ooh, quadrant. Amazing. Yeah. 
I will go with uh, Sahith coming out of that bottom right-hand quadrant. Wow. Let's go, Tigers. Baller. Yeah. I will then give you Max Homa uh, in the bottom left. Mm-hmm. And I will go with Sungjae Im uh, in that upper left-hand quadrant. So and we've then got I'll- a Max Sungjae semi. Yep. And, and then we, we have a Cam Young Sahith. Correct. Semi. And, I, and I think we get Max Homa, Cam Young. And then I think Max Homa is your 2023 Dell Technologies wow. match play champion. Victory number seven. I mean, that would be outrageous. That'd be and, another big one too, yeah. Yeah, it'll keep the ratings for sure. And that yeah. would be, you know, speaking of Ryder Cup season, those two guys, You, I mean, let, let's root for that because that would be tremendous oh, for the, the American side. Those two would be cornerstones on the American team for a long time, those yeah. two. I mean, yeah. we, we, we got a little taste of it at the President's Cup. I mean, let, let, let's go. Um, speaking of let's go, it's, 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 we're officially like in that home stretch. News and notes and dribs and drabs. Augusta keeps showing up in my timeline, Rick Rick Gaiman. Uh, now it, that's because you're getting weeks. a plane ticket. <laughs> well, that that, that that was weeks ago. But I mean, in terms of like you know, we're we, it's time to start funneling in and look. I just your 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 partner in crime, Kyle Porter's dropping nuggets. You know, he's already got some of the data out. Nine of the last eleven Masters winners were at least one point seven strokes gained tee to green or better in the three months leading into the Masters. You know that that's just that's just golf porn. I mean, I'm just sitting here. As a full-on eagle enthusiast, when we when you start dropping those nuggets, so let's get into uh, some some of um, the early leanings. You know, obviously we hit on a bunch of guys that are in form because we just right. talked about them in this uh, Dell match play, with the exception of Justin Thomas, which is kind of an interesting name as we approach here. How are you thinking about the 2023 edition of the Masters? Potentially one of the most interesting of all with with the uh, arrival of the live guys. Yeah, that's right. And I think it adds another wrinkle to the handicapping of it, right? I mean, we know DJ and Cam Smith and we know they're lurking uh, and we just have a lot more questions about their form than we do the guys who are playing week in and week out and playing against one another. You know, I I hate to stoke the flames or add uh, fuel to the fire, but you don't. It's (laughs) like. Doesn't it kind of feel like Jordan Speaks about to peak at the right time? Oh my God. Did you <laughs> listen to the last podcast we did? No. Oh my God. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's, it's not funny anymore. It was funny for a while. The roller coaster was funny. He can't make putts when it matters right now. And it's it's just it's it's soul crushing for me. I, Except I for just, he he, he kind of did. The bogey save on 16 was kind of a, a humongous make. A titanic, enormous, the colossal. Miss on se- the miss on seventeen was exactly that but, in the mirror. But I mean, he he hit it to six feet. So there's two. I think there's two <laughs> interesting distinctions here because the 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 stats say Tell he's us, putting. Rick. The stats say he's putting better, but I agree with you that at least the small sample size of recent big ones that he's needed, he has not made, which is a little bit scary. But um, Jordan Spieth, you know, I think the narrative for a long time has always been that he goes as far as the the, the putter takes him. That is not the case at all. He, he has gone as far as his ball striking takes him, and he is back to just absolutely striping it. He's been doing it for four or five uh, consecutive uh, events now. I love the way that th- that's going. You're not going to get a deal on Jordan Spieth, right? Like the number's only no. going to get shorter the closer that we get 
get to that first full week of all of, of April, you know, you were not going to get anything super exciting there. We, we have kind of touched on a little bit, at least one guy that's piqued my interest in, like, I, I think Jason day is pretty lot, right? Yeah. I mean, th- there you're getting, um, so you, you have to get this, this, this combination of things. You've got to have a guy that's playing so well, who can live in the moment and, and not have the moment be too big for him. And obviously Jason day, a former number one player in the world who rattled off what seven wins and 17 starts or whatever it was. And he is playing the best golf that we've seen from him in literally two years. And it's high end PGA tour golf. It's not just that we've lowered the bar so low on Jason day and he's exceeding it. This is high end PGA tour golf. I think he's like 35 to one right now, uh, generally around the industry. Like that one is very, very interesting. I'm, I'm looking long and hard at it. Does, I mean, I get, how do you feel about Justin Rose house? And I talked about Rose last week. I didn't love his performance over the weekend, but he is one of those guys up there with, you know, I think it's seven leads after one of the first three rounds. Is it remotely possible that this guy's in the mix given the rejuvenation of his game? Uh, remotely possible. Sure. I'm not going to be an investor on, on Justin Rose. You know, the, the advanced metrics are getting a little bit better, but I still think it's, it's being held up with sticks and air a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. I I think that he's a little bit too reliant on the short game and the driver can get him in to trouble at times. And I, I, I just think it's a, a very narrow path for him to get to the top of the board. I, I would I would be out on 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 Justin Rose. Yeah, Rick, part of why Nathan ma- mentions Rose is because I kind of circled him and in the in the context of what he did at Pebble and how sure. I- I- implacable he was there. And he was available in the Masters at 95 to one. So I just jumped on the ticket. I mean, that that was it was around that time. That That's all. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, he's 55 to one now. So I think you I think you like that number that you got on him. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and it really it was just like the value. Like I, you know, um, I, I certainly uh get what the, the reason to fade him. I, I really, 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 really want to talk myself into Tony Fee now. Can you can you help me? I really we stopped calling he's not top ten Tony to us anymore. He's top gun Tony now now for, for the fairway rolling uh fans and, and family. Yeah, you can't can't call him top ten Tony anymore. Can't call him, you know, top five Tony anymore or anything like that. Um, no, this is a this is a pretty strong case to be made. So Augusta National is going to ask you a lot of a lot of different questions. It's going to ask you uh, to be stout from tee to green. It's going to ask you to be able to get up and down from some awkward spots. His short game is adequate. It's it's good enough. His tee to green play or his ball striking is unbelievable, and it also asks you for experience. And now we're entering year number. Oh boy, I think this is going to be year number six for Tony at the Masters and the record strong. Couple of top tens. He's got a, a top five in 2019. He hasn't missed the cut here. This is certainly someone who is building a profile, who is building a resume that when you if 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 you added a a, a Masters win to it, you would say, Oh, yeah, that makes sense. He was trending that way, right? We should have seen this coming. So I think that's the best way to kind of describe what we're seeing with Tony Finau right now. We're in this era of parity. Uh, especially at the top of the game. And the historical thinking around the Masters was obviously with a few, few, few exceptions, Danny Willett, 
uh, although Danny's uh, world ranking coming in was better than people remember, that there's only a handful of guys who can really win the Masters. But my question to you is, we actually have a number of first-timers and some guys who've slid inside the top 50 and the like. Is there anybody a little bit further down the board where you're paying attention? Yeah, uh, Tom Kim, I think, is that guy, right? We 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 talk about, yes, he, he has um, cooled off, but remember, that is him cooling off from two wins in eight starts or whatever it right. was, right? right? I mean, it was, we, he set himself up for uh, a lot of high expectations and Augusta national, you know, they're, they're, they're doing their best to lengthen it. There's only so many places they can go. This is, this is not a golf course that you have to be incredibly long on. We've saw what Zach Johnson has done. We know that you just pl- keep it in play. Uh, give yourself an opportunity, uh, be smart. He's got Joe Scovern on the bag. Who's got plenty of masters experience. That would be the one guy that I would look at and say, he he doesn't play like a first timer. He doesn't play like a rookie very often. He's got a he's got one hell of a game. You know what really might bolster that case too is some sexy Tom Kim play at this match play, and he puts oh, everybody. Man. So I'm about to. If you're listening to this in advance of the match play, go get your Masters odds on Tom Kim right now, just in case he turns into sexy Tom and goes out there and and you know a top sixteen or, or an elite eight. Uh, and, and then all of a sudden the odds are going to crash, right? If we start getting some fist pumps and hat tosses and all this fun <laughs> stuff of him pumping up the crowd, that 55 to one, which is what he's at right now is going to be 35 to one before the weekend's over. You know I'm that's okay right. with that happening house. I, yeah. I, I just, I think we're on a collision course for Scotty versus Rom, and I actually don't want it to be this week. Do you? Okay. I think we want this at the Masters. Well, because- I, 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 I'm on record. I think John Rahm's going to win the Masters this year. I'm rooting for Rory. I've, I've made my case for why I desire Rory, but I think John Rahm is going to win the Masters in, in 2023. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I understand the point that you're making. I think they could do both. They're, they, they've won. They, they just split the tournaments thus far this year, Nate Dog. Yeah, I just there's one lurker, and the lurker with the mullet and the stash who we haven't seen, we haven't talked about, we don't have any very good data on. He does not seem to be playing particularly well in the uh, the the events that are happening on the Live Tour is is Cam Smith. He's the one who who just, we just don't know. It could be a total wild card. He was completely erased from the players a few weeks ago. Doesn't seem like he's got his game firing on all cylinders right now, but uh, he's the one who could spoil the party, it feels like, from the Live side for me. Yeah, I think he's definitely the front runner to be top live participant. I wonder if that will be. Oh, that's available. a great bet. Yeah, great can we get? Yeah, can we get that prop somewhere? Yeah, yeah. Top- well, we we know Fanduel. <laughs> we can we'll dial him up. Top top live participant or top live finisher. Yeah, I think he's certainly the favorite there. You you look at what he's done. So if he missed the cut at the Saudi International, T five at Mayakoba, and twenty fourth in Tucson. Are those are those good results? I'd I'd argue probably not. Right. Top five. Okay. But 24. Who knows if he's even taken it seriously? He could have been eating like giant tomahawk steaks and and crushing beers the night before because none of this matters. I think for sure. I think a lot of it is we have seen historically and we've had and these guys will tell you, right? Like they're trying to play their way to peak at four, you know, four times a year. They're trying to make sure their game is is sharp. And this this does not look like a peaking profile, right? This this looks no. like a guy who, right, is knocking the ball around some golf courses and whatever. I I, I think it's going to be very difficult for these guys, especially this, gents. Like, 
you know, if we're five years down the road and these guys get used to playing only 14 times a year, but they compete, this is the first major they're going to have to figure out their new routine, their right. new schedule. These guys are creatures of habit. There's a lot of wonky stuff that happens here. I don't think these live guys are going to have a very good week. But from a gambling perspective, given that there's not a lot of shots gained data on these guys, is there a way to take advantage of that? Is there any data or is it just the eye test and look at the results and see where you get? Yeah, I mean, we just get like the strokes gained total, right? Like you gained six and a half strokes to the field at Mayakoba, but that I don't know if that was all with the putter or if you drove it well or anything like that. So it's it's really very much a, a, a guessing a guessing game. So I think that Unfortunately, though, I'm kind of looking around the industry. I don't see any great deals on these guys, right? I mean, Cam right. Smith is 20 to one. Dustin They're Johnson all inflated. Yeah. J Dustin Johnson has the same odds as Justin Thomas, Patrick Cantlay, Tony Finau, and, and Colin Moore. It's the reason they got the checks. They, they, they're more sort of like Wizards of Oz than anything so, else. To, at this point. Yeah. To Rick's point, there's no inducement for the books to inflate the numbers. They don't need to, to buy the action. There's enough other guys. That yeah. people are going to plow into. So they're not, you know, they don't need us to buy a DJ 35 to one ticket. They're going to be just fine. They have people buying tiger tickets out there, Nate dog. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't love it. <laughs> well, look, Rick Gaiman, we are pumping our fists. We're throwing our hat on the ground. We uh, couldn't thank you enough for coming on this week, setting all the birdie buddies, Eagle enthusiasts straight as we line up this one. And then are we going to see you at the masters? Uh, I don't think so. They've got me working yeah. out, of, out of the home studio every hour on the hour yeah. is, is what it seems like it is you, for me. You but work too hard. We'll, we'll, we'll toast a pimento cheese to, to your honor and all the hard much, work, my man. Much appreciated. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Rick. All right, my birdie buddies. There you have it. Lots of actionable content. Hopefully you get this in time to do something additional to your card for the Dell Match Play. Remember, get everything in. It's this show is up when uh, 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 Tuesday evening. The the matches are out first thing Wednesday. So get your get on your computer and fire off whatever you need to. Little early Masters action as well. That's actionable. I I think I was circling some names while Rick was talking. In the meantime, spring has sprung on the East Coast. Scores may be entered and measured. Please proceed appropriately to your nearest golf course. And please, when you do so. Let's hit them straight up. Yeah.